0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Point of Origin, episode 59, the show where we don't have a joke for this episode because this episode is a joke. It's it's just, it's, I, I, this entire endeavor is going to be difficult for me because it's going to be really hard not to just sound like a raging bitch the whole, whole time we're going through this because, holy God, I, my memory doesn't even... Be- didn't even begin to prepare me for how bad this episode was.
1: My memory wiped this episode from existence, obviously for a reason.
0: Do you want to know like the one thing that really stood out my mind in this, for me memory-wise? It wasn't the fact that Kevin Durand is in this because I I love, I freaking love Kevin Durand and I don't even, I, I, it was completely gone from my mind that he was in this episode. Maybe because he's playing a Mayan and he is not Mayan. Um, but the thing that stood out in my memory was the same thing I kept thinking throughout this episode, this, uh, this watching, which was I had to look up if the chick playing the uh, Arbiter, whatever, actually Uh had that gray of hair because it genuinely looked like she had sprayed costume gray (laughs) onto her hair. It just, it looked like a costume I wore for like Halloween when I was 15. And apparently that's actually her hair. I'm not judging her hair. I'm mostly just judging the fact that that's how bad this episode is, that all I could focus on as a kid and as an adult was, I wonder if that's her real hair color, because it doesn't really look like the normal type of gray for me. I don't know. Maybe it's just because her eyebrows were also perfectly matching in tone. I'm just not used to that. I don't know. Yeah. All I know is that gray stood out to me for 15 years. And it's it's the same sort of uh, feel, honestly, in, in life as the episode itself, which is it doesn't really matter, but it's all I can think <laughs> about. This episode doesn't really matter, but all I can think about is how fucking awful it is.
1: Yeah, it's wild that we can say this episode doesn't matter when this episode ends with Scott being free of chloral, and yet
0: it still doesn't matter. If I were feeling nicer, I would say that the worst crime of this episode is the fact that it does a massive disservice to the show. It honestly does.
1: Oh my god. Okay, so we don't watch the we don't record or watch the show together right now. Um maybe in the future we'll yeah. do something. Like we're we're uh, vaccinated but...
0: now, but
1: yeah. Ultimately sometimes it's just easier to yeah.
0: like not travel.
1: <laughs> but like the entire time we were both watching this episode, we were just texting each other all of our complaints about this episode. I I paused this episode about twenty times because something would happen on the screen and I would have to pause and be like, Are you what? <laughs> it was it was rough, man. And it's it doesn't help that like so before I think we talked about this. I don't know if it made it into the second re recording or not, Uh, but we did talk about how this is based. We already did this episode and it was the one with Tealc. And I don't like that plot to begin with. I've never enjoyed this kind of plot. And then when Catherine Powers does it, and I'm sorry, but like I don't trust her with like nuanced subjects.
0: After this, I don't trust her with shit. Speaking of disservices, like she does a disservice to everything that's in this episode. She doesn't take she doesn't world build well, she doesn't character develop, she doesn't... She forgets about facts from this, the show that already
1: exists. Yeah. She she fails entirely to to write the characters themselves accurately. And it's like
0: she doesn't even know what her own episode is about because she, as we we're talking about over text, she literally throughout this episode highlights the difference between sentience and sapience and yet it's not actually brought up because it went over her head. The person who wrote it missed the point, and I just I am laughing because yes, how is, does that how does that happen?
1: The thing is, there's a part there was a there was a singular line, second moment in that conversation that happens in the episode yeah. where I was like, oh, Daniel's about to bring up there's a difference between sapiens and sentience. Except then he starts to talk about levels of intelligence. Yep. I'm like, you are walking right into the Golds trap with that. What are you doing? Yeah. I love how he's like, here, I'm going to clear up what Jack said by more or less agreeing with what the
0: gold said. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's not helpful. Not oh even remotely. God. No, seriously. Not even God. remotely. It's just, it's it's embarrassing. This episode is embarrassing to watch. So, okay. Michello, I had to like watch parts of it
1: muted because I, of the secondhand embarrassment thing. Right. This one, I, there were many times where I was so tempted to do the same thing, not out of embarrassment, But out of frustration, I was like, I don't want to hear these people talk because they're not saying anything intelligent. No, they are not. It was just, oh, it was rough. And like the actors did what they could for it, but
0: they did what they could with what they had. But geez, they weren't really given a lot.
1: No, they were not. Dear Lord. No, they were not. You know
0: what kills me? This, not that I would have known it because I didn't remember he was even in this episode. But this is probably the show that introduced me to Kevin Durant. That's unfortunate. So the fact that he is so ill-cast in it, yeah. again, not that he does a bad job, it's just that he's playing a Mayan god. And <laughs> I, I looked it up to be sure. He's French-Canadian with a little bit of Irish. Oh boy. That's as south as it gets for him. And it's like, bro, no fault to you, but you're playing a guy named Zapata.
1: Yeah. And
0: this, it's not like there aren't Mexican people. No, God no. In Canada. I just, I can't. I just can't. I just, I just can't. You're not, no. You can find enough people to play Mongolians in another shitty episode, but you couldn't find one person of even somewhat Mayan descent. Nope. And I think, and I, I I briefly thought on the topic of well I mean you know it's a snake it can take in any body it wants just yeah, because it's taking it's, a persona uh, doesn't mean it's taking that but no but fuck that because why would it take if the it's persona and not persona, it would a take person it from, from that culture to that yeah yeah like you would have gone to a Mayan pyramid and found a Mayan sacrifice and inhabited a Mayan. <laughs>
1: Absolutely, you would have.
0: And the only exception to that kind of rule is extreme exceptions, like Osiris, who took the person that was there.
1: I was literally thinking about Osiris. Right? Like,
0: it wasn't like Osiris went looking for her. No,
1: that host made sense in the episode it was
0: Exactly. So, yeah. Nothing about this episode makes sense. No, this episode is like a constant, willful desire to ignore everything that is proper while highlighting everything that is dumb. And I, I can't forgive it. Um, it's, it's not like I'm calling Uh-oh. it worse than Emancipation, but honestly, I, I think it's my top two now, is Emancipation and this thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not going to dethrone Emancipation, no. because Emancipation was infuriating.
0: <laughs> yes. But this one was also infuriating. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. hardly surprising, considering mm-hmm. who wrote it.
1: I know, I just, every now and then she puts out something that isn't awful, and then it's
0: like, okay, maybe you're learning. No, 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 no. It's one step back and then five more steps back with her.
1: Yeah, it's. <sighs>
0: oh, so I'm Liz, and I'm angry.
1: And I'm Mel and I'm tired. <laughs> I started to stay tired and I
0: continue to be tired. Yeah, the episode was freaking exhausting.
1: It was, like I said, I paused it like 20 times. That's not an exaggeration.
0: Why do you think I'm rage knitting?
1: Why do you think I'm rage gathering copper ore? There you go. I almost, I already have 400. (laughs) I was just mindlessly gathering ore while I was watching this episode because I was like, I can't focus entirely on this episode or I will be furious. (laughs) And yet I'm still furious. Yeah, I'm Mel. Oh yeah, I already said that. I'm that tired
0: the hell is that sound? Oh, it's a lawn. It's a leaf blower. Cool. So that'll be fun. I love leaf blower sounds because it's never consistent. You know, it's a guy with a tube that he's waving back and forth and then physics exists. So I'm just sitting here going like, yay, that'll be fun to deal with.
1: (laughs) Hell yeah. Yeah. So today, unfortunately, we covered season three, episode 15, Pretense.
0: There was a pretense here, but it wasn't the one that we were led to believe. <laughs> the pretense was that this was gonna be an episode worthy of this show.
1: I don't even really get the title, to be honest. But uh, it was written by Katherine Powers. Shocking no one, we've been complaining about her this whole time. <laughs> and it was directed by David Wary Smith, who didn't seem to do a bad job.
0: I, honestly if you told me that he uh, read if you told me that he read the script that he'd been assigned to direct, and then went, Oh, yeah, no, this is awful, and then just decided to kind of just fuck around the entire filming i would believe you if if you told me that he decided to save his energy for something more worthwhile uh, I, I would have believed you
1: i will say um so honestly let's just dive straight in because it, on this subject so the the episode opens up with a sky battle with a gold motherships getting blown up and and one of the little hitok fire uh fighters getting shot and like swerving around the explosion and then starting to crash land on the planet and like it one wing hits something and it does like this crash landing where like breaks apart and lands or whatever well the cgi still isn't quite where it needs to be the way the physics of the ship was directed i thought was quite good when the motherships blew up you saw the uh hatak ship kind of like have a recoil action yeah. from the explosion, that was good. And then when it you know was starting to crash land on the planet, it had like a wing got clipped and that st- sort of set it off balance and it kind of tumbled and then a wing broke. It was well done, that part. Like that part of it was well done. The CGI still just wasn't quite there, but I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's honestly the only real visual thing I can think of that was like great <laughs> i don't think anything was bad visually in this episode but yeah i i honestly if i was david warry smith when i got this this script i would have been like i'll give my b effort
0: yeah my b effort indeed
1: <sighs> but yeah so the episode opens up with that uh and then they crash land and then a whole bunch of people some really poorly directed, honestly, I'm sorry, but I just gave Jamie Murray Smith a compliment, but some poorly directed extras walk up to this uh, ship and have, like, no fucking reaction to the ship or who's
0: inside of it, who, it, it's Chlorelle. <laughs> yeah, they were acting like they were ensigns on a training away mission for Starfleet Academy. In terms of their just blank face. There were no reactions is on these people's faces. Is this part of life? Or is it a fantasy? Just a fantasy. It's just... Actually, I take it back. They're not ensigns from Starfleet. They're high.
1: Yeah, they're high.
0: Wish I was high.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so then we we cut away uh, after we revealed that Chlorella was in the Hittok ship. And we're at SGC. and. We're under alert because someone's dialing through and hasn't given any signal, and we see, like, the the lens shimmering. And then a cat runs through, like, just runs through the lens. Like, the lens doesn't break, it doesn't open, just, like, the cat, like, warp walks through. And it's been so long since the Tolan episode... I flat out forgot about Schrodinger. So like, the fact that as soon as that cat walks out, Sam goes, hold your fire, hold your fire, and runs forward, I'm like, Sam, cats are great and all, but I don't know if you should
0: call them out for that. <laughs> like, maybe let them still be waiting. <laughs> Another point on there too, I just realized. I don't, this is why, this is what I meant by sounding like a raging bitch, because I I, I just want it to clear, as, as far as it's possible, I want to make it clear, that I don't consider Catherine Powers to be like a terrible person. I do, however, consider her to be terrible at her job. Like, yes. I just want this on record. Like, I genuinely, I'm pissed that so many people hired her because it's like, why? Yeah, <laughs> why things... do you hate your audience?
1: We aren't pretending to know who Catherine is, Powers is as a person. We can make some inferences from how she writes yeah. about some of her values. Oh, God, she has some apology
0: who... uh, sentiments here.
1: God, oh, man. But like, We don't pretend to know her as a person. We have some serious problems with seeing her on the slate for any episodes, though, because she's notoriously proven herself to write bad episodes. And quite regularly, episodes that make us mad. Not just bad episodes. Like, there's, you can have just, like, a a flop of a stinker of an episode. But, like, it could just be a nothing episode and not be a good episode. But she writes episodes that it's, like, You could have just made a nothing, but no, you made something bad instead.
0: The only thing I can give her credit-wise here is she is not the only writer on this show who has demonstrated their, uh, either inability to watch previous episodes or read (laughs) previous scripts or unwillingness to do so because there's another species that can also phase through shit and has been known to take the form of animals. Oh, yeah! Now, I know they parted ways friendly, but that doesn't mean that everybody of that species is friendly.
1: Well, they parted ways friendly
0: and also told them to bury the gate. No one for a second, including Sam here who sees an animal phasing through something. I know that she has the Tolans as a memory, duh. Yeah. But she's also supposed to be smart. And she has memories of other shit that is also extremely similar to this.
1: Especially since spirits happen more recently yeah. than the yeah. Now,
0: And as you pointed out, they ended things on friendly terms with Dales and the Salish. Yeah. But who's to say there aren't other members or of else. Zales' species on a different planet.
1: Yeah, they could be somewhere else. Ultimately, Schrodinger is not... Schrodinger is a very
0: common-looking cat. Yeah, it's a freaking tabby.
1: <laughs> I know, it's like, that could be any cat. You're just assuming it's Schrodinger because they're faz- it's a cat phasing through a wall and you gave Schrodinger to a man who could phase through a wall. Which, she happens to be
0: right, but you ju- you
1: literally... Just had a foothold episode.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the only people who are less interested in security than SGC are the Tolan, honestly, uh, as they demonstrate throughout their entire episode here. But Sam Sam does, you know, she's the one who starts things off on a real dumb note with, Hold your fire. It's a cat. Therefore, it must be good. And it's like, you've seen counter examples. Also, who's to say the cat doesn't have a bomb inside of it? You've seen people use children as bomb oh, holders. Yeah. What would yeah. stop others from using animals instead of children? I just uh, security I is a know, thing man. for a reason and I really hate SGC sometimes for their absolute just disregard for it. Their refusal, their yeah. flat-out refusal. And this scene right They're here is just like no. It's just it's so it's a, it's a very first stupid piece in a very large stupid puzzle. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. The only thing, good thing I can say here is at least they didn't throw a fucking Sagan box.
1: <laughs> I th- I was ready to have that, like that comparison because it honestly is. It's the Tolan's version of a Sagan box. Yeah. Oh god. Okay. So, um yeah. So, it it surprised. It's the Tolan. It's um It's Nareem, the the guy before Martouf that had a crush on on Sam.
0: I just love Catherine Powers' theme of having every man ever be horny for Sam.
1: The the
0: man who honestly has no personality. (laughs) Like I said, uh, Catherine Powers hates everybody. She hates women and she hates men, but she hates them in different ways. Women are objects Mm -hmm. and men are walking boners. And it's like, okay, couple things, (laughs) couple notes, couple issues here.
1: have a few notes for you
0: <laughs> yeah yes, i don't hate her funny, as a person man. but i hate her writing
1: yeah that's that's fair i can't disagree with you there yeah
0: and i guess pretense wise the only thing is i guess it was the pretense of zapachna his his whole thing was a pretense his his arrival he was never actually there to to fight
1: okay it was sure it
0: was there to create a problem but again you miss it because this episode's so fucking muddled so
1: frustrating
0: also i'm I not know. gonna call him zapachna in this or zippy i'm gonna call him kevin because Kevin is French Canadian.
1: That's fair. I never bothered to learn the man's name, so I fine.
0: love Kevin Duran, so I'm so happy saying Kevin. I'm I'm cool with this. Yeah, let's call him Kevin. But yeah, so Nareem
1: is here to tell them basically Nareem's gonna set up the premise of this episode for SG1. He tells them that uh they're wanted to be members of a thing called the Triad. And Catherine Power somehow manages to write a script that makes Daniel sound condescending when he's figuring out that a triad is basically a trial.
0: What what is this interaction? What what are these tones? <laughs> what are these It's
1: condescension? What are these You don't understand where it's coming from. It's
0: like everything about this episode was trying to add runtime on. It's like, why are you having a conversation about two words that are nearly identical and Acting as if the uh, neither party understands what consonants are—it was just know, odd. It was just like, odd. what is
1: going on? What are you doing? First off,
0: why do you? Why is this necessary at all? Time wise, and, and two, if you're gonna do a linguistic scene with Daniel, I feel like there were a million better ways. it.
1: I don't know. It's maybe it, it it does honestly feel like she's like, oh, he's a linguist. He needs to do linguist things, ah, uh, here. And it's like, no, this was. The worst possible option you could have made, how about something else? How about anything literally else? anything else? Anything else, but no.
0: Honestly, the worst <sighs> thing is that Kevin Durant could have played, uh, I don't know if it's actually, I've never actually bothered to look if it's Durand or Durant or Durand. I'm pretty sure, since I know he's French-Canadian now, it's probably Durant, now that I realize it. Um, yeah, probably. Yeah, so, it's, but he, uh, he would have been great, I think, as like, a Tolan in this episode. Oh, yeah. Like, I know he's great at playing bad guys, but he's also great at playing good guys. And I could see him playing a middle, a midline character as a Tolan. I mean, they don't even mention Tobin Bell's character in this. So he could have taken the place of that. Not, not like a recasting, but just like a different type of Omec type character. But Man, I nope. miss
1: Omec. Somehow, like, Omec was the most condescending in the Tolan episode, but I miss him he was, so much in this he episode. Was a,
0: he was honestly, somehow he managed to encompass, he was like a sweetheart as he would condescend to you. Yeah! He's like He's like a grandfather type who's just like, oh, it's okay that you're a dumb puppy. Exactly! I enjoyed
1: him, whereas the Tolan in this episode are just, like, bang your head against a wall. Oh, God. There is nothing more frustrating to me than a race that considers themselves so advanced that nobody could possibly ever be a threat to them. Oh, we didn't detect any tampering with our device,
0: so clearly you saw
1: wrong and they didn't do anything.
0: How, how are these people this smart and don't have a security camera anywhere to be found? It's the ego. Yeah, I, and, I, and I, that part I get. I could even call that good writing as an aspect, you know, or uh, world building. But you can't get to where you are without having levels of, like, a certain level of intelligence. And there's really nothing that tells me that these people would have had the use, like, in earlier technological times. They would have, there's nothing that tells me they wouldn't have understood what security cameras are, for example. And then upon gaining technology, it's never made any sense to me. People go out of their way to then take away from things, even if they're just redundant. And it's like, okay, but what is, what is redundancy if not another level of security? Yeah. <laughs> the, fa- the idea that these people have so much security and yet none and are so willfully blind, it, there's no explanation for it because it's just bad writing. Yeah, and the thing
1: is, especially because we literally meet them at the end of them- uh, of one of their planets getting destroyed partially because they were, like, too confident in
0: themselves. I- I so thought- no, I, mean, I think it was just because their planet was going through a natural disaster. It was the other planet that got destroyed.
1: I- I could've sworn that the Toland plot was the- and it was- wasn't it part of the reason that they were refusing to share anything? Because of the fact that- oh, no, it was because they shared the tech yeah, with the Yeah, yeah, and people. then that planet
0: okay. matted themselves into death and that's when they yeah. created the All policy right. and then their plan just happened to go through with some sort of natural cataclysm or something afterwards okay it's been so
1: long and the toll and honestly don't fucking matter I, do they ever come back after the
0: uh one this? more episode where they uh finally go oh yeah that's right Omek was a thing he's dead now uh oh man their whole story is su- super stupid it gets left open ended as most likely doom descends upon them it's it's Yeah, I think it was Anubis era, honestly, although I could be completely off on that. I don't, to quote you, it doesn't fucking matter. The Tolan don't matter.
1: Because they're never going to give SGC anything. Why keep bringing them in?
0: Honestly, this whole episode is just stupid. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. The only possible use of this episode is getting Skata back. And you know what? You could do that in the background of an episode. Hey, the Tolan captured Skada and removed Plorell from him. Yeah. Okay, cool, thanks. It's not like we've seen him in in 20 episodes. It could happen in the background. How would we
0: fucking know? Yep. Everybody who was a part of this episode deserved better. hmm The actors in this deserved yes. better. Yes. David Wary Smith, I think, took the proper role of, well, I, I was <laughs> here to do a job, so I did it. And exactly. Catherine Powers, fuck you. Seriously, just read a book. <laughs> read a fucking book! <laughs> Just read any books, woman. Again, I cannot stress enough how you missed the point of your own fucking episode with your Sentience versus sapiens argument.
1: I always feel slightly bad when I see her name and immediately I'm like, oh no. But at the same time, like, she earned it! She has hurt us before. Oh yeah. She already had, like, the whole condescending thing with, like, somehow making distinguishing between triad and trial sound condescending. But then we go the opposite route, where I guess she thinks it's... It, granted, it has been a long time since the Tolan, but they, they as she, one, is told, okay, we have scotta we're going to have a triad to determine who... Deserves to keep Scotta's body more. The fucking parasite that stole him or himself. How is that even a fucking question? I, 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 there
0: is no question here. This episode is based on nothing. That
1: concept of where you're so quote unquote advanced that logic doesn't apply to you anymore. I I don't know. But so they're like, okay, so we're coming in to be one side of the triads voting and we're going to be arguing on the same. Blah, blah, blah. So that's the setup. They're going to be part of a triad. Three people. One from each side of the argument and then one neutral party are all going to come in and argue the points and then vote. Yeah.
0: One side will apologize for slavery and the other side will uh, pretend that they didn't hear that. Yeah. Um,
1: and then they go through. Like, Jack is immediately, like, bamboozled by all their tech or whatever. And Daniel, twice, has to remind the audience the Tolan are much more advanced than us. It's like, Gee, you think we didn't get that from the fact that they made a cat walk through the gate? But do you understand how prose narrative can be done- I can't think of the actual term for it right now. But where you don't actually have to exposit with words, you can exposit with actions or with scenes. And you already did that by having the cat walk through the fucking lens. You don't have to have Daniel tell us twice the Tolan are much more advanced than us. It was like, what? Why are you wasting Daniel's time saying this?
0: Two reasons. One, she was going, look, I can make Daniel quippy too. Two. No. Of the, of the many things that goes over her head, that my favorite in this moment is show, don't tell. The quippiest Daniel is in this episode is a non-speaking part in this episode. Yeah, sorry, I gotta let the cat out one sec. Also, this leaf blower is getting super loud, so I apologize to everybody listening. My brand new microphone is getting inaugurated with some garbage background noise. Woo! Yay! You were just fighting to get out. Well, now she doesn't want to. Whatever. I give up. That's cats Oh, I can't worry, be here man. any longer. Oh, I don't know. I was going to bed. It's fine. <laughs> like, it's not like I'm not used to cats, but still. <laughs> Anyway. But
1: yeah, the, the sassiest Daniel gets in this episode is a non-speaking visual thing that Michael Shanks does. Which was absolutely all
0: him. That was yeah. not Catherine. <laughs> she would have to know anything about these characters to be able to have orchestrated that. And there's one thing we definitely know about her is that she doesn't know jack shit about these characters.
1: God, and also, I am... I am... So, they go through... And they're going to go to the place where they're going to have the meeting and all that shit. And they walk through this little gate and there's like a little signal that some sort of tech thing happened. And they're like, uh, what just happened? And he's like, oh, your weapons have been disabled. And Jack's like, sorry, what? And he's like, well, you're still allowed to hold on to them. It's like, I don't care how much of a disconnect there is between two races but, like, how advanced you are, there is no disconnect between races that would make one person think that another person is going to be satisfied holding a useless gun. How is that an answer, Nareem? Oh, don't worry, you can still hold your useless bit of metal.
0: Cool. Yeah, yeah, I I didn't even really focus on Nareem because honestly, Nareem is just Nareem. But Nareem
1: is cardboard in this <laughs> yeah. episode.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, he's taking over for uh, Kurt Russell in terms of block of woodness. But <laughs> what 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 gets me is Sam being super stupid and going like, well, based on what I'm seeing around us, our weapons wouldn't do much. And I'm like, fuck you! It's still a projectile weapon. Like yep. unless they have personal shields built in, something we have not seen indicated a bullet between the eyes would still do damage. <laughs> I know.
1: You've seen like like what kind of stupid advanced line you haven't is that? Yeah, it's wild cuz they haven't seen any actual defense mechanisms other than that other than that one gate. It's yeah. like I'm sorry, what? What are you talking about? Being advanced in one area doesn't mean you're going to be advanced with everything. That's not an answer.
0: My dude, it is June. There are no leaves to blow. <laughs> You good? (laughs) He's just, he's like, I was hearing him get closer, right? And now he's just like living right below my bedroom window.
1: (laughs) Nice. And it's like, can I help you? He wants to hear about this episode. But yeah, it's, oh God. So I was all, that was annoying. And like, they're not even, like I sent you a text. I'm like five minutes, this is five minutes into the episode. Five minutes in. And I hate the Tolan so much more than I did in the intro ep where they were trying to be assholes. They're not, they're not trying to be assholes in this episode. And yet they achieve it so easily. they trying to be, quote unquote, friendly. And yet they're worse in this episode. Also- And that's the thing. Both episodes were written by Catherine Powers. Somehow she doubled down and made them worse.
0: This is a super old reference. I can't remember the guy's name anymore. But years and years ago, when I was in like middle school or something, this guy wrote, he's a comedian. He wrote this thing called The Bell Rant. And it's all about how Pacabell's canon in D is in everything. Uh-huh. And as he's talking, he's playing a guitar the entire time. And then unrelated to that one, it's actually I just realized the one I was about to talk about is actually not part of that Pachelbel's rant. He also did <laughs> a different one based on the Friends song and uh, how it's actually really fucking dumb when you think about it. Because the first part of the song is um, you, you know, you're still in bed at 10, but work began at 8. Uh, You burned your breakfast, so far things are going great. Like, I better make breakfast now that I'm two hours late for work. And he points out how many times in the song it seems like they forgot their own song from 30 seconds prior. I get that feel. I get that feel throughout this entire episode, is that she forgot her own episode consistently throughout this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Did you not take notes when you were writing the first one, lady? She didn't even
1: take notes when she was writing this one. I just, ugh. But yeah, uh, so... They... Uh, yeah, and I, I hate that both Sam and Teal'c are like, no, don't worry, it's fine if we don't have weapons, Jack. Why are you so freaked out, Jack? Like, even Teal'c... I'm sorry, Teal'c would not be cool with this. Even if he would...
0: They wouldn't dismiss like this. They just- No. they uh, everything about this episode is unnecessary. The setups are all unnecessary and then the weird cop-out answers are not just unnecessary, but just, they, nothing makes sense.
1: Catherine writes Jack incredibly stupid this entire episode.
0: I don't think Catherine has a lot of respect for the brains. Of the main characters, it's wild she like... she only exists in like pure concepts, like Jack's a soldier, therefore he must be dumb, you know, takes orders only, doesn't think for himself. Sam's a scientist, so she only thinks in the most simplistic of practical terms. Ergo, my gun is less tech tech involved as this other gun, so my gun must be completely useless. It's crazy,
1: I don't understand what's happening,
0: like a gun is still a gun regardless of its technological level. A soldier has to be able to think on their feet. Yep,
1: but yeah, so uh, they they lead SG-1 in to meet Chlorel slash Skata, who they've got the most fucking contrived nonsense tech where he's just wearing this little chest plate that lights up either red or green and it tells you which one you're talking to. Sorry, what? Where, when did you come up with this? Why did you come up with this? How does this fucking
0: work? Also, if you did come up with this thing, then why is it on the chest? Like, And not on the brain? Yeah, why isn't it like a circlet thing or a big ol' circle know? thing in the smack dab in the middle of the forehead? I mean, hell, you could have gone with a cool like symbolism mirroring effect if you had put it smack dab, as I said, and made it, it could have been like a cool call-out kind of thing of like, Teal'c has his tattoo thing as a symbol of what the gold have done to him. And now, so does Skara as a symbol of the price he is having to pay right now for existing. You know, like Mm -hmm. you can show the different ways this affects people, but without telling it. And you can do it with props. Something I was mentioning in Foothold is how I really liked how the mimetic devices looked kind of like shells to me. Yeah. So I thought maybe that was a that was a purposeful thing, like a kind of call out to you know the, the the culture of the people who designed it. Yeah, absolutely. If the Tolan, by the way, people who don't interfere, if they decided to interfere, they would be able to recognize what is going on. And I feel like it would have made more sense for them even to be if they're going to be like the perfectly neutral party that's only reflecting what the actions of others. This would have been uh, this would have been another way using props to reflect how they reflect
1: mm-hmm. by
0: having it beyond the forehead. Nope. Like symbolism is one of the many things missing from this episode. God yeah. It's uh but yeah,
1: so the whole point of this
0: is to make us cry
1: is that they're basically gonna have this trial to decide who deserves to have the body more, the gold who stole it, or Clo- or or Skata. And their representatives are um Jack and Daniel both representing um Skata. But they only get one vote.
0: I I do like Skara's reasoning there, which is Jack is strong, but Daniel is wise. Daniel is
1: wise. Yeah, I did like that. That was nice.
0: Skara deserved better than this episode.
1: We all deserve better than this episode. So we got Jack and Daniel representing on the human side. We've got Kevin (laughs) representing the gold side. Uh, And then we've got uh, Lyra? Lyra. Lyra. Representing the neutral side, and of course it's the Knox, because who else are you going to find that the Toll and Respect, who's also pretty neutral? And I love how Jack is like, oh, the, the the Nox like us. We've got this in the bag. And Daniel's like, do you not remember the last time we dealt with them? This is not guaranteed, Jack.
0: Yeah, this this might be an unfair thing of me to say, but if this episode had taken place chronologically sometime after the Ancients had been much more fully introduced, I believe that there is nothing that would have stopped Catherine from having the intermediaries in this be a combination of the Tolan and instead of the Nox, be the Ancients, since they're also the ones who love to pretend not to pass judgment while also passing judgment and standing aside except for when they don't. You know, creating monsters without having any thought for the future. Would would
1: that shoot the gold in the foot, though, considering all of their tech is stolen from the Ancients? That's the the thing is, a better writer might have been able to do
0: something about that. (laughs) But I feel like she should. I feel like I believe without a doubt that she would have made this episode even worse uh by bringing in instead of Laya one of the the worst of the bunch of the ancients. Because I can see her being like, "Well, you know, who also doesn't interfere? This ancient. Let's just have him let's just have him come down anyway cuz fuck it because rules don't matter."
1: I'm genuinely curious now though,
0: would the ancients be petty enough
1: to hold it against the gold that they pretended to own all this tech? Oh,
0: 100%. The ancients are twats.
1: Oh, they are. They are. Remember the diner?
0: They're like they're <laughs> like Four good, uh, ancients, and I'm pretty sure all of them are locked in eternal battle. Fair enough. So, yeah.
1: You're not wrong. So, that is, uh, the three representatives, um, and... See? Three for Jack... triad.
0: Ho ho! Yeah. I'm a clever uh-huh, writer.
1: Uh-huh, uh-huh. And since Jack and Daniel are gonna be the representatives for the Earth side, um, Sam and Teal get to just sit in a room. <laughs> Except that Jack doesn't trust the fact... As soon as they see that there's a gold there, they're like, uh, excuse me, you didn't think you'd fucking tell us there was gonna be a gold here?
0: Which, yeah, why don't you fucking... What? This one I have less uh, less uh, issue with because, honestly, the Tolans suck. They wouldn't tell uh-huh. anybody anything. No. They wouldn't tell somebody their hair was on fire.
1: God, no, why would they do that?
0: Yes, you know, it's it's up to them to discover this and learn for themselves not only what a painful burn is, but also... To understand the element of fire and its purpose in nature, I don't know something <laughs> stupid. Insert bullshit reason to not have to help.
1: Yeah, sounds about right. So because Jack and they told him we're like, oh, don't worry, we're so fucking advanced, they couldn't pull anything. And Jack's like, yeah, I don't, I don't fucking buy that at all. So he secretly has Sam and Teal follow the Jaffa retinue, which are just allowed to roam randomly. Has, have
0: they- okay, 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 okay. If you were to tell me the and have, like, a thing against being watched. Sure, fine. Surveillance doesn't always have to be a thing. Security escorts cannot possibly be that difficult.
1: And here's the thing. We saw the tech disable their weapons walking
0: into the building. These Jaffa are not in the building. And I love how they have what i'm basically calling like you know uh, metal detectors at the entrances of buildings and yet they don't have any around their guns the thing that keeps their planet alive and safe and also i'm going to just point out one uh, for the first time actually out loud here have these people never heard of an orbital defense (laughs) because that's honestly a thousand times smarter than a land-based one considering how it's closer Honestly, yeah faster you can have yep. more dynamics with it you can have like you know you know what orbit you involves have thrusters fucking... so you can be moving them around
1: you can't have fucking jaffa on the ground
0: mark your yeah. weapons yeah. yeah it's like you can build as, as powerful of a telescope as you want but it still won't work like, on the planet nearly as well as Hubble would because it's outside of the planet. So why the fuck are you building your big-ass guns down low? Build them down low, too, but also have an orbital thing.
1: I also like how uh, she never bothers to explain exactly what the gold did do to those um, <laughs> those things. Something that the, the Toland couldn't identify, but we're not going to say what it was because she can't think of what it
0: was. They're painted. So I'm guessing it's some sort of homing beacon, which the only thing that tracks is, again, because of bad writing. It doesn't even, like, when the fucking arbiter is like, well, I don't see anything. And it's like, okay, scan it. Sensors.
1: Yeah, it's... God. <laughs>
0: Ugh.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. this woman mm-hmm. is
0: turning me into a zombie.
1: God, yeah, it's it's uh deeply
0: frustrating. I am I am starving for brains because there aren't any around here.
1: No, which is wild considering how advanced the Tolan are supposed to be.
0: Yeah, I love how they're like, oh no no, it's it's not because they're dumb. It's just they're naive, and I'm like, no one is this naive.
1: Yeah, so it's somewhere around here. Did I sent you the text? Is this the most infuriating episode she's written since the episode that will not be named? And the answer is yes.
0: <laughs> oh, gotta say though, uh, one good note is, or not really a good note, but a piece of trivia, completely outside of the control of the writers and directors. So this place is called Simon Fraser University. And I'm pretty sure there isn't a sci-fi show besides weirdly enough, Star Trek uh, that hasn't filmed there. <laughs> The building, I guess, just looks futuristic enough, or whatever. Nice. I just, I just want to point out that the one good thing about this episode is that it's taking place on a cool set.
1: Yeah. No, the set is. Well, location,
0: good. I should say. They didn't...
1: Yeah. Yeah. We knew
0: what you meant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. No, the the set, the location is cool. It looks
0: like the Talon would live there. i buy it. Yeah. I've seen it in Battlestar. I've seen it in Stargate. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was in Caprica, too, according to the trivia. I, I, I was kind of glossing through it because, honestly, I didn't fucking care. Yeah. Care. I've never seen it in Star Trek, though, as far as I know.
1: So, um, one of the other frustrating things that happens here, and I, it's so weird because, like, Robert C. Cooper has this happen in the um, episode with the treaty meeting, but, like, Robert C. Cooper manages to write it to where I'm not annoyed. Where, like, SG-1 is not given the outlines of how any of this is done and then gets scolded for not following
0: the rules. It's like, you didn't. Tell us what the rules were. It's it's weird. I actually just brought this up yesterday with Eric is that I totally get where the concept comes from, but this is one of the reasons why I really hate that a lot of places have the law of, even if you don't know you've broken a law, you're still held responsible entirely for it. Oh, that's the fucking worst. It's like, again, again, it has has merit in a lot of situations, but not every situation. And so that's why I hate how broad and general it is, honestly, as a concept and the fact that people can be like, well, it can be judged on a case to case basis. And I'm like, or you could just write the law better. You shouldn't need to know that murder is illegal to know that you shouldn't do it. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, Absolutely. You know, jaywalking is honestly kind of common sense, so you should still be held responsible for your $10 fine for that, you know? But the concept of you needing to know ahead of time what the rules are and then being punished when you don't is just mind-boggling. Yeah, so... I,
1: I don't want to get into, like, all the details. because this, this whole triad is a whole bunch of, like, talking around in circles. So basically, I'm honestly going to really boil this down because I don't want to talk about this episode for a long time. <laughs> I'm not going to go scene by scene on this. While the triad is happening, Sam and Teal spy on the Jaffa, who are just allowed to wander around freely, who find all of the air, uh, the air missiles on the ground and do something to it. We see them like put a little square device up to them. We don't know what it does. Sam and Teal don't get close enough to know what it does either. But they see them go to like all of the little weapon air to air to ground to sky. I don't know what those things are called.
0: Wow, I used to know what that was called too. Huh?
1: I, I used to as well, but I it doesn't matter. Um, all of those, and they, they do something, and then they walk away.
0: For the and record, Sam and Teal are like. Oh, sorry. For for the record, my assumption there is that they're marking them with radiation.
1: That makes sense. Something Especially low level. Especially after levels. Sam. Here's the thing: when they first are doing it, I'm like, are they just like fucking with it so that it won't work? Right. But then when the when they bring it up to the toller on the tone, they're like, they didn't do anything to it. And Sam brings up the marking. I'm like, oh, okay, they did something like that. But yeah, so Sam and Teal see that happening. Meanwhile, the triad starts. Where I I sent you this text. This this basically boils down the entire trial of the triad. How is it that Catherine can shove Sam into a room and keep her from talking and still basically write an episode where they are more or less arguing for the rights of a rapist?
0: Right? Seriously, what the fuck? She has got some seriously messed up values that every time she writes an episode, she is apologizing for egregious violation
1: she this episode is the most proof that she just doesn't respect anyone
0: and again she has weird levels of attraction to gross story concepts like yeah. wh- women having to fight for the approval of men and then just you know manages to make it that much worse
1: mm-hmm. <sighs> it's it's so like this whole trial is so infuriating the the goal compares parasitically taking over a sapient person's body to hunting, and then suggests that the fact that, that the Abedonians are not cannibals is equivalent to the Goelwold taking their bodies as hosts. It's, it is the equivalent of these fucking lunatic who come out here and say, gay marriage? What's next? Legalizing pedophilia? It is this... What he's making here, oh, you're not cannibals? Then why is it that what we do isn't okay? That is literally the same thing. Kevin's argument in this trial is the same as fucking and I can't stand it.
0: No, I just... I can't stand the colonizer rhetoric
1: Oh, it's so being bad. apologized
0: for here as well. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. So I do want to say, I don't, okay, you and I are on record, we're fucking tired of Catherine Power's writing, we don't like it, she says a lot, she has a lot of really bad things to say. I do want, I don't even want to say credit, I don't want to give her credit, but I do need to stipulate that she does at least have SG-1 coming back and being like, uh, first of all, you're not superior beings, you stole all of your technology. And all of this intellect you say you have over us, you also stole from us. So she is at least also pointing out the whole, like, like, we shouldn't have given the colonizer the ground to talk at all. We don't need that. We don't need that narrative. We already know what story we're telling with Stargate. We don't need to listen to them talk, okay? (laughs) But at least she does have SG-1 come back with, you stole everything you have. That's not superior. Cough, cough, colonizers. Yeah, colonizers. Yeah, literally. That is where SG-1 is calling them colonizers without actually saying it. Because Catherine doesn't know that that's the argument she was making. Tell
0: me you're a stand-in for Christopher Columbus without telling me you're a stand-in for Christopher Columbus. Right? <laughs> oh, God. They, yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a part where
1: we start talking about levels of intelligence and... And the one part where, like, we get some real Daniel sass is uh, where Jack is like, Daniel, if I can, you know, step forward for a minute and do my side of the argument. And Daniel just does, like, this, like, casual little hand wave at Jack that's so clearly a, if I don't let you, you're gonna do
0: it anyway, so go for it. It's the sassiest he is, and
1: there's no dialogue.
0: The only thing that had me kind of laughing and actually genuinely a little happy in this was their dynamic, where, yeah. you know, when um they're explaining what, you know, the, the all the terms mean, and I was too busy at first uh, googling what Archon really meant, which was, by the way, ruler, so what the fuck is that terminology being used here? Like, I don't, whatever. It, it was the name for the original nine magistrates of Athens, and I'm kind of like, so how the fuck does it apply here? Whatever. Anyway, um, going off that though, I did like how after she does a basic you know rundown, Daniel goes to Jack and goes, so you know an Archon's, uh, uh you know so a seeker's defendant and an Archon is like their attorney, and Jack goes, I got it, <laughs> and then literally <laughs> two seconds later has to go, uh, what, so and, and then the um uh, seeker seeker is like he immediately has to ask Daniel for yeah. help. and then uh later. There's a scene where he's... I can't remember what exactly he's saying, but he's saying something and Daniel's right behind him and Daniel fully anticipated him not knowing the word. So he... Pauses for like a half of a second, and Daniel immediately supplies archon like <laughs> over his shoulder, and he just picks it up because he, you know, has his uh, wonderful husband behind him as always, backing him up.
1: Ah, look at that support. That stuff was that good. System, yeah. It's
0: literally, where it ended.
1: Yeah, honestly, yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah. So this, this is this, this is the argument, the conversation that happens where she completely misses the point of arguing sapience versus sentience.
0: Yeah, next gen did it better with Data's episode. Also trial-based. Dude, <laughs> Catherine, you want to know how to do this episode but better? You know that other show you've written for? Go watch an episode of that and you'll see. Actually, I just realized maybe she was trying to rip that one off but just did the worst job ever. Maybe. So I
1: do want to actually refute you here for a second. There is... so the, the, the their interactions are a great portion of this and one of the best portions of this. The single best thing to come out of this episode is Daniel looking a gold straight in the eyes and telling him, you're not smarter. You're just a bigger parasite. Oh, so they're Edison. Yeah. But that was so... First of all, that's so Daniel, just, like, looking a gold in the eye and telling him that. And also, that is a good line delivery. That is a great... You're not not smarter. (laughs) You're just... Oh, you're not the smartest one in the room. You're just the biggest parasite. That was a good line. So that That whole argument is coming down, and um, I honestly don't remember when in this argument when in this argument, Jack and Daniel find out about the have have they have have they told the Tolan about the gold fucking around yet? I can't remember
0: if it's not right here, it's very soon. That's my cop out answer because I also don't remember.
1: um uh, let me look at my notes and see if I can fade this out. okay, no, it hasn't happened yet all right then. Then this fucking gold has the nerve to say that that nothing of the host survives while talking
0: to a survivor. While
1: talking to the host, what?
0: Like I said, how laughably good are the stupid? gold
1: brainwashing? Th- what? It doesn't make any sense. And the thing is that he says this and then Skada just looks down all depressed and, like, Jack doesn't immediately go, What? What the fuck are you talking about? What? what? Everyone has, like, this dramatic pause to his his statement instead of the... What? Hello? <laughs> Hello? Oh, there's also the fact that um, another thing I sent you was the head of the triad missing. The point of Daniel's comment is proof of, of proof of the fact that the Tolan being smart doesn't make them wise. The whole the whole argument where they're pointing out that the Tolan are just thieves instead of actually being smart and everything. The the host of the triad is like, what does this have to do with the conversation we're supposed to be having here? And he's like, everything. What are you talking about? <laughs>
0: What's the point of you, bitch? Like, what's the point of any of this? Like, this is the easiest. This is a kid struggling with one plus one. Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. I do also think I don't know if he did this on purpose, but Daniel makes a point of bringing up like, um, uh, Daniel and Scott both make a point of like bringing up family, and at the moment they do that, you can see that Ly li- Ly li- 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 is like struck because the knocks are all about family. Family units. So that is the first thing that actually gets through to her.
0: I have this weird headcanon that Knox evolved from beans because they're all like peas in a pod.
1: <laughs> Maybe. But I do, actually, you know what? We kept saying that, like, you know, he's he hasn't been doing much. He did, like, his B-grade effort in this episode. I would say the fact that David Wary Smith made a point of cutting to Laia right after the comments about family and getting her visual reaction to that was good directing oh yeah
0: no um i'm wary for wary because i feel like he's not getting enough he's okay but he needs to be given better material to work with. yeah exactly and i'm and I'm, I'm just wary for him because this is like this i think the second maybe third that where he's done a, a decent job but it's only because it's he wasn't for given a terrible episode <laughs> imagine how much better this could be if you gave this guy literally any platform to actually be able to exercise his skills.
1: Right? I don't know, man. Well, he's going to be doing 100 days.
0: Yeah, there you go. I just feel like he- Oh, you know what? I feel like, this is what I feel like he actually was. He wasn't slacking off. He was desperately screaming at everybody, look i have one job on this lousy ship it's stupid but i'm gonna do it
1: yes exactly you know why
0: it's stupid because this episode is stupid but i'm fucking here and i'm gonna do it i don't care how garbage your dialogue is emote camera go up high give me a top down shot that way we can see all three benches and we can go see the triad for three ho 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 the episode is dumb but we don't have to be
1: exactly but yeah so like that that dramatic pause was obviously the lead into um a commercial yep uh because when we come back we're still in the triad and then they're like uh they actually do what we're, we did where they're like uh god is right here he's having a conversation and the guy's like that's not really him that's just a remnant memory of him brought to the surface by that device and it's like a remnant is still part of the host do you do you not understand English. What what is going on here? Also,
0: I don't like I, I don't like how this uh this episode doesn't even take into account. By the way, like intimidation of the uh, defendant. One second now, she does want out. Cat, <laughs> you better actually want out this time. Never. All right, I'll go, but I'm going to leave my tail directly in the door frame so that way you can't close it.
1: <laughs> the only defense for how stupid all of this guy's arguments are is the fact that, like you pointed out, this entire trial is a pretense on the Goldwold side. Yeah. He's just trying to buy time. But here's the thing, I don't think Catherine meant for his arguments to sound stupid.
0: I don't know which is worse. Either she just somehow completely didn't hear how dumb these were, or she was genuinely going for something here. Because either way, it it it's 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 problematic as fuck. Yeah,
1: it's it's rough, man. But yeah, so then we take a little break where we get some forced enforced heterosexuality, where Sam has to fucking explain herself to Nareem for some reason for why she's not jumping into his pants. It's like. You don't have to explain about Jelenaar, that's not any of his fucking business! You could just say, I'm not interested right now, and that's it! That's the end of it! But no, you have to
0: apologize. We take a moment to stop apologizing for slavery and instead apologize for women existing.
1: I'm so sad because our next episode is the other person who likes to um, apologize for women existing.
0: Fuck me, really? Yeah, but it's
1: Ergo. So I, I always I forget he wrote, wrote Ergo. Be, I don't, I don't remember there being that much of that kind of thing in Ergo, so we might be okay. Oh well. I don't know, man. He did. Spirits was good. Like we could get an another spirit. Where the worst thing he did was have Sam not understand science.
0: Hilt on metal. That's how analysis works.
1: Yeah. I don't know. man. I'm just. I'm tired. <laughs> But yeah, so that nonsense happens. Um, and this is where Sam and Teal tell Jack what they saw. Jack goes to the Tolan. The Tolan go to check out the things after chewing um, Jack out for fo- following him in the first place, scolding them like children. But they're like, oh, well, we, we checked it and there's nothing done to them. And Sam points out, well, maybe they got painted. And she's like, there's no paint on it. It's like, you fucking moron. I just. Don't. <laughs> And then Sam's like, no, not like actual paint, just some sort of invisible marker so that they know where they are. The fact that you have to explain this to the supposedly advanced
0: race, like, come on. You guys have to understand the concept of a target. And you have to understand the concept of stuff beyond the visual spectrum. I mean, I just, uh, yeah.
1: So, yeah, um, she says... You know, we entertained your thing, but there's clearly nothing going on, so if we find out you've still been poking around, then you're going to be taken off the triad and someone else will replace you, blah, 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 blah. So Jack's like, unfortunately, you guys have to stop. <laughs> and Tilk's like, um, if Scotta loses the trial, this one person dying, <laughs> if we're right about the gold, it could be all of Tolan and possibly us that die. That's not a trade-off, Jack. Which I would argue, I don't know about the Tolan, like, maybe if you just make sure you have an escape. But So Teal'c actually goes behind Jack's back a little bit here, which, good for him, honestly. Yeah,
0: he has a brain uh, still.
1: Yeah, yeah, Jack's like, you can't do anything, just, we have to let this go. Um, but he does, <laughs> Teal'c doesn't let it go, and goes and talks to uh Lia, and is like, hey, I need to talk to you, and she's like, you can't influence my decision. And he's like, I'm not here to talk about that. <laughs> I'm here to talk about the gold, what they're plotting. And she's like, if you're using this to change my thoughts. And he's like, no, I'm using this to fucking save lives. Stop trying to... I don't care about the trial. Just stop for a second.
0: I'm sorry, but this trial's like a, a fucking farce. a person who
1: wants to live. Yeah, exactly. So he gets her to sit and listen, and he's like, look, I need your help specifically. And she's like, you know that we just use, like, deception and illusion. And he's like, yeah, I know. That's exactly what I need from you. And... He gets her to agree, but we don't see what happens there yet. We will get the reveal for what that is later. Um, we go back to the trial where the gold are trying to pretend that gold cannot survive outside of the body.
0: But you remember my angry text, right? In all yes! caps, it's like, "What the fuck? They what? How do you think evolution?" happened. Do you think they evolved in the brains of Unas or something? What do you think? It's like a a sentient entrail that came out? Like what? They were snakes in a swamp, motherfucker.
1: Here's the thing. She introduced the Unas. She introduced the concept of the first host, which means she does know that there had to be a first host, which meant there were things before hosts.
0: A first host indicates that there was a time when there were no hosts
1: mm-hmm
0: and yet a snake was able to make a decision or at least a instinctive one to go into somebody else yep which you can't yep. do if you're dead also oh my god there's a full-up error in this episode so
1: um this guy is trying to claim that gold cannot survive outside of the host um and instead of pointing out what bullshit that is. Jack instead is like, okay, we'll take it out of Skada and put it somewhere else. But he says the Tok- He says um, the Tok'ra could put Chlorel in someone else. And I know we eventually get the Tok'ra to come in and remove Chlorel from Skada, but the Tok'ra have not been part of this conversation at all up to this point. So either it's a full-on typo and she meant to say in there? Or she wrote her script out of order and knew the Tok'ra were gonna come in at the end as the solution and thought it would be fine to talk about the Tok'ra here. But it- it sent my head spinning. I was like, why the fuck are the Tok'ra being brought up right now?
0: She's like an anti-Chekhov's gun, you know? She doesn't- she doesn't have anything in the opening shot and yet it's used as the murder weapon.
1: But, um, their- their try gets interrupted by uh some Noreen coming in and being like, Hey, a gold mothership is approaching. The old, one of the only good things out of this episode is the actors and the 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 head of the um the triad her chilly little delivery of explain is so good. I was like, "Ooh, she's mad," and you can tell. And even the gold is a little like <laughs> when she says that. So she's like, "Are you ready to vote?" And everyone's like, "Yeah." Mostly because on on the gold side, he's like, "Oh, it's time to attack." So yeah, I'm total. I'm done with the pretense. We can we can finish this.
0: Sorry, before you. That, that's what kills yes. me. The head arbiter chick says. If they move any closer, before the end of triad, they'll be destroyed. To which Kevin responds, the triad is over, so I guess they will be moving closer. <laughs> yeah! She says her thing, and he says, they won't need to or whatever until it's over. And then literally, without even taking a breath, his next line says, is I'm literally, ready I'm this. ready to do this. Uh-huh. And I'm like, okay, so I guess that means they're going to be moving in soon. Yep. Did you forget the line you wrote? A millisecond earlier
1: no she just doesn't care but yeah so they vote and obviously the ghoul votes for Chlorel, um and the humans vote for scotta and then uh laia also votes for scotta
0: what a surprise i never would have thought this ending was going to happen
1: i know how surprising I mean, if you're going to have anyone actually be a neutral third party, the Knox are the neutral third party. Uh, And David Warrie-Smith did a good job of alluding to the way she was going to vote based on them talking about family and how that obviously got to her. He knows how
0: to show, not tell.
1: Exactly. Uh, But yeah, so they vote, and then the moment he realizes he lost, he pulls a globe that was attached to the bottom of the table that he somehow got past everyone.
0: Because no security. It's fine, whatever. Yeah,
1: out from under the table and uses it to, like, signal the attack on, on the planet. But uh, Teal'c does the most bogus-looking chokehold I've ever seen in my life.
0: Dude, we have spoken before about how dumb it is, how, how quickly people will go unconscious when they're, you know, have their air supply cut off, but that wasn't even, like, a second! He literally went squeeze, squeeze, and he fell. The
1: only thing that is an acceptable excuse for this, and I'm saying this as, as devil's advocate because that's my job here, and it's not actually an excuse, I'm just... I, I sometimes have to play this game. Uh, the only excuse for this is that because of his knowledge of the gold woould, he knows where there's a pressure point that like not, wh- that like affects the the ho- the, the, the larva.
0: Squeeze the brain stem for deactivation.
1: Yeah, exactly. Something like that. Even then, it's a bullshit answer. <laughs> it's Like the Vulcan nerve pinch. Exactly. The Vulcan nerve pinch is more acceptable than what we get here. <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah, so he gets knocked out by a bogus chokehold, and the the planet starts getting fired on, upon. And hey, shocker, much like SG-1 warned the Tolan of, All of the ground-to-air missiles are being targeted. And then Teal's like, they find Teal because they're leaving and Teal'c is sitting with Lyia. He's like, don't worry, I planned for this, Jack, I went behind your back and went to her. And she brings them to what seems to be an empty area of grass and then waves her hand and reveals that she hid one of the weapons, one of the weapons domes and apparently unveiling i don't know why she had to unveil it to make it start working again first off yeah i also don't know why teal had to turn it yeah. on yeah yeah
0: uh, that's what I, that's what my note was was first off why the fuck is teal teal yeah, that the one who's able to get it online and two i actually have an answer for that okay but but for the, my other question though uh-huh. why the fuck did the supposedly automated system suddenly switch to manual i don't have an answer for that one. okay but, but give me, an me your answer other for answer the first
1: one Again, this is down to David Wary Smith doing his job correctly. When the Tolan were checking on all of the weapons, um, all of the weapons silo things, we do get a shot of Teal explicitly watching one of the Tolan. At the control panel. Okay. Alright, I'll accept that. And I, I remember noticing that because I was ready for him to, like, have figured out what the gold had done from what that they were doing. Right. But then it wasn't, so I was like, why did they focus on that? And the answer was so he would know how to turn it on at the end of this episode. <laughs> so that's on David Wary Smith doing his job correctly.
0: <laughs> at least someone was. Yeah, someone had to be doing his job. Someone had to be at the helm.
1: But yeah, so, um... And then again, credit to the actors. Again, they bring up with Leia. They're like, "I thought, you know, you guys are extreme pacifists." And she's, and she, the way she delivers, "We are," had this like heaviness to it, where it was like, and because um, she points out, she's like, "I did not fire the weapon, I merely hit it." And Sam even it says like, "That's a very fine line to be threading." And she's like, "That's it a is. Batman
0: level excuse, it right is. there." Oh, it I is. didn't kill him, but, but trained it.
1: It is one hundred percent. It is, but. The actress for Laya does a great delivery of it where you can tell that she herself was battling with that decision. She,
0: she was like, yeah, yeah, I'm not comfortable with it either, but... A decision had to be made. It's almost as if everybody at some point, even those who claim to not have to make decisions, has to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And I do love it. Yes. Honestly, if, if, this a, if this were a better episode, I would love how this seems to be a great way to uh, show not tell the concept that I've always touched on, that I loathe, is when people say, I didn't have a choice. And I go, yes, you did. One was you just did. far less desired than the other. That could have been an excellent theme in this episode as well. This, uh, it's funny. This episode doesn't actually have a theme because it's muddled as fuck, but yeah. there's Three or four excellent ones that could have been and weren't, and one that accidentally came about, and I mean accidentally because I don't think she intended it, and she never touches on it. No. (laughs) So it's like, what the hell? How are you, like, this is what happens when you can tell somebody's educated but not necessarily skilled. Like, I can yeah. tell that she went to school for this or something, you know? I can tell this is something uh-huh. she has done before, but that doesn't tell me that she does it well.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right there. Um, but yeah, so that that's the end of this episode. Uh, Skada gets taken to the Tok'ra and gets freed from Chlorelle, Um, and he reunites with Jack. He's all better now,
0: and the the episode's done. It's over. And he'll never suffer from any long-term effects of this trauma ever again. God, no. Also, his sister's dead, but I don't, you know, we never need to have an Did emotional scene. Did anyone tell scene. him that? Nope. Not <laughs> I kept waiting for the scene where Daniel walks up to Skara and goes, Hey, by the way. Yeah, because there's explicitly a scene where he, he
1: identifies Daniel as his- Husband of his, his sister's, sister's <laughs> husband. And it's like, and where is that sister? Ooh. so uh yeah so let's let's go through this stuff quickly so we can be wash our hands of this episode entirely uh nobody died in this episode are you a jack or are you a daniel
0: <sighs> I, I did war a tiny bit because i do like jack's righteous indignation at the beginning when they start you know turning off their guns and everything and he's like hey fuck you. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. You know, I don't like being treated like a fucking rodent either. Um, however, yeah. it was there was one thing besides all the cute dialogue bits where I, I've done this, like, I'll be that little voice yeah, on the shoulder. Exactly. Um, aside uh-huh. from that normal shit. Uh, there's literally one scene that got me the most. And I went, Oh, never mind. I'm Daniel. It was <laughs> when the door is, uh, I think it's when like Nareem is like entering a room, there's like an automatic door that opens. And as it's, you know, pneumatically sing open, uh god i have so much fuzz in my mouth with all my all my knitting um uh i guess I'm wearing a mask when i knit uh, as he's doing that daniel does something that i i felt i resonated with so hard because i do it all the time which is as the door's opening he just kind of looks over it and just kind of like gently reaches out a couple fingers to like touch it <laughs> he's like "Ooh, it opens touch
1: michael shanks looked at his script for this episode and went I'm going to do stuff. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I'm Daniel for him looking gold straight in the eye and saying you're not smart, you're just a parasite. That's where I'm Daniel. Uh, so, I don't think it's going to surprise anyone what our answer is here, but Joaquin Phoenix for this episode.
0: I briefly toyed with the notion of s- sitting in a bizarre ass way and kind of crooking my, my, my big toes down and seeing if I could give thumbs down with my toes. <laughs> Uh, but honestly that's how bad this was i didn't want to spontaneously grow more limbs i just really wanted to heavily emphasize my distaste with this by also using my my toes you don't even get more thumbs for thumbs down for this one catherine you get toes
1: (laughs) it's such a bad episode it's it's so so yeah no for for the record thumbs
0: down two thumbs down and two big toes somewhat down (laughs) somewhat down yeah, it's it's rough, man. It's inexcusably I... bad. Like I genuinely love this show. I have to say that every time I lo- I, I loathe an episode, but this episode, man, this is like the episode that somebody I, I think it was it was either CinemaSins or uh, Honest Trailers. But one of them made a really funny joke once where it was um Eddie Redmayne's performance in Jupiter Ascending is like him trying to retroactively get his Oscar taken away. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like this is like an episode that if you watched it out of context you would think it was a retroactive attempt to get the show canceled before it got to season 4. Ouch. That's how much I Yeah, can lose it's it.
1: it's bad. It's such a waste of time. It, it my memory
0: paled before this thing.
1: Yeah, like I said, I forgot I forgot this episode existed because my brain was protecting me. But yeah, so that is it for this week. We're fuck. We're, we're done with this episode. Thank God. Never to return again. So, next week, we are covering Season 3, Episode 16, Ergo. And the synopsis for that episode is... En route to a paradise planet, SG-1 is secretly implanted with an alien spore that evolves into a being called Ergo. Though Ergo claims to be friendly... The suspicious team members work feverishly to rid themselves of the creature before it destroys their minds. This is a
0: very surprising moment for me. I like that synopsis.
1: That's actually a very good synopsis, honestly. That
0: that's a that's a good synopsis uh, summary uh-huh. because that does not give any indication as to how awesome Ergo is as uh, not just a concept, Hell but yeah. as an, as as how he. <sighs> The combination of how Ergo is created, from what I remember, and uh, the acting.
1: Oh, the acting is great. Nothing could have
0: done it justice, so naturally the person who, who wrote that was like, you know what, let's, let's just let this be a nice surprise for them.
1: Hell yeah. No, it's, it's well written. Yeah, so, uh, well, hopefully that episode stands up to
0: uh, memory. Well, at the very least, Dom DeLuise. Is amazing. He was so funny unsurprisingly his kid directs that you don't say (laughs) (laughs) oh here's the thing here's the thing i haven't seen this episode in so long that i can't remember if uh peter de has a cameo in it but there had better be one there had better be a cameo and i would hope i hope to i hope against hope that the cameo has both of them in the scene because that would be awesome Uh, (laughs) i would would love to see that if they don't
1: do that they're being dumb, honestly.
0: I'm just so sad that he's dead. I'm still so sad. So I'm gonna be. I'm, that next week is gonna be a bit of a, a roller coaster for me emotionally. I'm gonna be really, really happy, and then every time I, it's like, oh, but he's gone. But he's so good. Yeah. But he's gone. It's kind of like Robin Williams, honestly. You're just like, there's just no getting over it.
1: Yeah. But yeah. Uh. So that's next week. It'll. <laughs> it'll.
0: Be- than this week,
1: whatever whatever Tor Alexander Valenza's flaws are, he's not going to make a worse episode no, than the no. one we just. And, and
0: structure has never really been his weak point, from what I remember. No. So I feel like when you have Dom, he Deleuze, just also has a failure of respect yeah, for women. Right. But at the end of the day, even we couldn't diss Machello entirely as an episode. No. So Michello was well. Yeah. Instructed. Exactly. So when it you add had in. Some really bad yeah. opinion, yeah right but yeah so when you add in Dom DeLuise and Peter DeLuise on top of that I can't see this one being that shitty in Haiti for example because yeah. I can't see those two letting that shit fly no at least not without severely hampering it as much as possible you know like fine you're gonna yeah. have us right ru- you can you can write somebody doing this doesn't mean I'm not gonna hinder that
1: exactly but yeah so we'll we'll see how that turns out next week but until then, if you want to get a hold of us, you can find me on Twitter at it's mel Not Lists or our podcast Twitter at Point of Origin PC. You can also email us at pointoforigincast@gmail.com at or write something on the side of a tissue box and toss it through the nearest wormhole.
0: You can find links to things we talked about during the show in the show notes. And if you like the show, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. By all means, go ahead and subscribe. Don't leave a review for this episode. We, we, we don't need a review for this episode. <laughs> Two angry women rant for an hour and a half about why they hate another woman. I know, that's not the episode
1: you need to talk about. Don't
0: let that be the episode, please. Dude,
1: please, we, go check out tried. our other stuff. Listen, you know what? I'm going to defend ourselves for a minute here. She's got two good episodes in our tally. She's got two good ratings for us. I think one of them was very, a very tentative good. (laughs) Yeah,
0: her scores right now are two good, two meh, and now three bad. Yeah, that that tracks. that, that sounds about right. But as always, thank you for joining us on our incursion through the iris. And until next time.